the power of building a great team is it just allows me to continue to do sales and continue to organize the business well. Everyone produces it and I don't have to be involved. My goal this year is to run 550 without having to, you know, really get involved with production at all. Uh, maybe check on a job site or two, but you know, I shouldn't have to lift a brush, which is which is exciting. And I think I have the structure to do so. So yeah, it really just like the more you're able to empower your team and, and give them roles and responsibilities that they enjoy and they want to grow from, the whole bush is going to flourish. Welcome to the Leaders of Tomorrow podcast. My name is Chris Thompson, your host of the show and the head coach of the Student Works Management Program. This is a show dedicated to young and ambitious entrepreneurs and ultimately the leaders of tomorrow. Each week, we will bring you an inspiring interview or message to help you create the future you know you deserve. Let's get started. Hey, leaders. I've got an, another amazing young leader. He's uh, in full-time school out in Munn in St. John's, Newfoundland. Uh, he last year uh, did $276,000 for the business and uh, uh, or just in and around there. And right now that's where he's booked as of May 11th. And uh, his goal is to double that business and, uh, and end up at $550,000. He's committed to it. He has an incredible team. He has new structures and systems in place. And uh, just really, really amazing, you know, commitment and focus. Uh, I think you're really going to love, love this podcast and uh, just the level of maturity and commitment and focus that Michael operates at is really been amazing. Uh, he's in year three in a senior role in our program, year two as an operator and just, uh, just, just crushing it. So, uh, um, you know what we're up to, we're up to developing amazing leaders to do things that you know, just seem impossible. And it does seem impossible that someone could run a half million dollar business while in full-time school. And we do it. Uh, and we do it every year. So if you know of any amazing leaders who want to, or young, young, you know, aspiring leaders, please send them my way. Uh, you could shoot me an email at cthompson at studentworks.com. You could send them to our website at studentworks.com, or you could share this podcast with them. So uh, thanks so much for tuning in. Hope this is valuable and have an unbelievably fantastic day today. Michael, welcome to the Leaders of Tomorrow podcast. Thanks so much, Chris. Yeah, super excited to have you on and, and, and so excited to see all the, all the progress you've made in our program. But uh, why don't we start from, you know, explain who you're like before you join the program. Yeah, um, so... I mean, I started off as a production manager and b before that summer, I, I really did a whole lot of nothing. <laughs> I was just um, just someone in high school who just liked to play sports and hang out with their friends. And I, I didn't do much. Uh, I just worked part-time jobs and didn't really know what I wanted to do. So I, I always knew, though, that I, I had a passion for business. I just didn't know where I was going to channel that. So I, I didn't do a whole lot before I joined the program, to be honest. Okay. Okay. And so, so, so how did you meet Matt Lang? So everyone knows Matt Lang was uh, actually, he, he, just, just to give a little bit of background on Matt Lang, Matt Lang, tremendous raw talent, I think would be accurate to say. And in his first year, so struggled with integrity, just so struggled with integrity. And, and um, you know, I'm sure he'd have a big smile when I'm saying this and he managed to pull his season out of the flames and, rush and get it all done like he had a great back half of the season and then that next year he grew his season from like a mexico level season and at that time i think mexico was probably about 90 
or 100. It's now yeah. 140 for rookies because we've grown. And he basically jumped his business from 90 to 400. So he just blew up. I think that, or I think that's what it was. You seem to be shaking. No, you're right. And 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 now he is. Uh, he's joined RBC. He he's planning on being. Uh, he's getting into investment banking. But I remember, I remember actually doing a online training with you in it, and he was super excited to have you on board, and really thought he found a awesome person. So how did you come to come to meet Matt and and join his team? Yeah, so I, I've known Matt since I uh, I moved to Newfoundland here when I was ten, okay. uh, and I met Matt. He was in my first ever class here in, in Newfoundland, so we, we've known each other quite a while. And then you know we drifted kind of slowly apart after high school, and then you know he actually asked me the year before I joined to be a PM to be a painter myself and one of his fr- one of my friends, uh, and I I said yes. And then of course the COVID pandemic happened, mm-hmm. and me and my friend actually quit on him. So. Oh. Yeah. So we actually quit on him. And then, you know, Matt still really wanted me to be on the team for the next year. So throughout that summer, I still kind of uh, came to some job sites, checked in on things, tried out some painting and and helped him out from time to time. And then the um, starting the next year, I started off as a production manager, obviously doing you no know, marketing and came to a lot of quotes with him and stuff like that. And then uh, we, we originally had a goal of 225 and we slowly realized that it was going to be very attainable. Matt was doing amazing with sales and, and we were marketing all the time and, and things were moving well. So we just decided, hey, why don't we just up this goal all the way up to 400? So yeah. And then the rest is history, I guess. Yeah. Matt saw something in the guy who was just kind of hanging out and playing some sports and doing doing school. So um, so yeah. And that's and that's actually what we do all the time is find people who who, again, were just really talented, motivated, but looking for something they could dig their teeth into. And really, you know, Matt, Matt was a huge part of that. Uh, I guess that the, the, the second COVID season really starting to blow up numbers, more and more people just achieving more and more ridiculous things like you are, you're $276,000, you know, May 11th, you know, trending somewhere in the 400s to 500s depends on how everything goes, but, but, you know, and making this uh, just, you know, that that's where the top level of our business performs there and above. So super, super cool. So why don't you walk me through your experience of your first summer of actually operating the business or actually here, why don't we stop there? Because because you really had a head start because you worked with Matt. So how much of the business, I know ultimately all, all of the business was reporting up to Matt, but how much of the business was you were you responsible for? Yeah. So I actually saw Matt yesterday and it was, it was really funny. We had a conversation kind of about this and we just kind of looked back at like, you know, my structure this year with my PM versus how ours was two years ago. So pretty much we made a switch around probably early June of our year when we really saw that we could hit our goal. And, you know, I was just wanting to take over production. I knew I could do it. So I was pretty much responsible for everything production related and Matt did sales, marketing, payroll, and admin. So I just would start up all the jobs, start up all the crews and, you know, make sure they all got done. And, and Matt really didn't visit any job sites. Um, so my role as a PM was pretty much just straight production, just bang it out and and, and get the job done. So fantastic. Yeah. Fantastic. No, that's, that's exciting. And so why don't you walk me through the experience of your first summer? What did you learn that you didn't expect? Yeah. So my first summer was, was chaotic. Um, I was just, you know, under recruited. I overworked myself. I was behind budget on a lot of jobs and, you know, I caused myself to have to show up and paint sometimes and 
you know, even though I was a, a top operator as a rookie, it was by, you know, not even close to a perfect summer. Didn't have a ton of client problems, but I had a lot of personal problems. So <laughs> just really, you know, the major things that I didn't expect to learn was the power of systemization and organization. I never was someone who was aware of that. And I've slowly, slowly started to realize the benefits and the importance of actually just sticking to your systems you put in place, organizing your life, organizing your business, and just every single job site and everything in between. Because that stuff starts to creep back up on you if you're not careful. And, and you'll you'll see the impacts at a later date if you don't follow your systems from day one. So yeah, that was probably the biggest thing that I didn't expect to learn that came out of last summer. Yeah, well, it's kind of neat. And and Matt, uh, sorry, uh, Michael last year did 269,000. So basically right now he's he's where he was sold last year, obviously mm-hmm. lots more capacity to book and produce. And it really is kind of interesting as well for um, to sort of say, gee, he he really was responsible for producing 400 and there's there's a whole lot that matt still handled right there's a whole lot and 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 the structures and the systems maybe he had in place to make that all happen and now all of a sudden coming in and it's like unconsciously not being aware of all the structures that were supporting that business right was it as hard as you thought it would be yes (laughs) (laughs) um Yes and no, though. So I knew going into it, I saw what, you know, I'd saw, you know, Jackson Butler was also one of my close friends at the time. And, you know, I had some friends in the window cleaning as well who were previous operators that I was living with. And I, so I was familiar and I knew what I was getting myself into. But I, I honestly expected the sales to be more of a challenge and myself to have an easier time with production just right. based on my experience. Yeah. Um, I didn't realize how much Matt was actually doing to support me back, back in our year. Yeah. And I realized that the production, I didn't have the right systems. I wasn't organized. So production was a lot more of a headache. And I, I found sales a lot easier than I expected them to be. So definitely knew what I was getting into those 12 hour days and you know, passing out on the couch after work. But, you know, it was it was definitely easier in some ways, but I knew what I was getting into. So what structures or systems were you were did you overlook or did you miss? You know, that sort of thing. Like what would what you, you see there, Michael, just for for our leaders listening? For sure. Uh, the, the biggest things that I, I looked over were production scheduling. So I, I did not have things done nearly as far in advance. I was calling clients to start the next day or the day after and then ordering the paint that just after I'd hang up the phone with them. And if I didn't have the color match, I'd go drive to their house and get the color match. So yeah. things like that caused me to be way behind and, and working way more than I needed to be. Also just systems with painters, like I wasn't tracking hours well enough didn't have production planners done in time for majority of our projects. Yeah. And then just systems between me and my my PM as well, just improper communication, you know, talking too much, didn't have clear enough roles on who does what. Uh those kind of things. So those are a lot of the changes that I made this year that I can that I can notice. Awesome. Awesome. So I know one structure that we put into place is, is, uh, and most operators are working on is is the expectation that at least a week out, everything's booked. A lot of times two weeks out paint ordered, production production planners all done. Uh, you know, the the goal is to have them all done once we start the season and then and then every week we're getting every new job done. There's kind of preparing for, you know, uh, entropy and and protecting against entropy. So every week we'll have areas of time where we're uh, placing paint orders, where we're doing production planners, where we're scheduling jobs at, at different times per week to make sure that we don't run into what Michael ran into. Because frankly, it probably was a, 
a $50,000 impact to your business. You know, like yeah. if you really think about it and hey, you, uh, you know, instead of being number three or four, you would have been uh, number one, you know. Uh, so so now Cade might have worked harder and just made it, you know, <laughs> but who knows. But but it just shows how how these structures can make such a difference. And it doesn't mean you're working harder. In fact, you're going to work less when you when you set them up that way. So um I know one other structure that we have is we have a president's mastermind call that we we're doing every couple of weeks and we're recording calls on what the top operators and Michael's in that, that call. So's Cade. Um, so, so is a group of other people and that we share those best practices and then rookies and veterans can go and listen to them, make sure that they've got those, those systems and best practices working in their businesses so that they're not making already something hard, even harder. So and um, how have you shifted your business going into your second season? Yeah. Uh, so building on, on the stuff that I you know really just didn't follow um, last year. So more systems, first of all, like just, you know, better communication between hours and uh, scheduling and, and all that stuff with it. With a large business, I am really realizing how much of an impact and how much time that actually takes up to do throughout the day. So having, you know, very different group chats for everything from receipts from all our painters and, and managers to hours from each of our managers to send in for their crews and daily updates. So that when I'm sitting at home entering all the information in, I have a clear look at exactly what it is and all the receipts and everything like that. Production planners done on time and mainly just a bigger team with a lot more management and myself letting go of production. So I've really just put a lot of trust in my team this year. I have, I have four amazing managers, three, three mini PMs, and then one, you know, really head guy who, who runs the show, Noah, and he's, he's amazing. He absolutely just loves painting. He loves the business and he's, he's so committed and I, I'm really appreciative of him. So just uh, my team is definitely the biggest factor last year. Didn't have enough people, was always behind, always looking for an extra guy and couldn't let go of the people that probably shouldn't have been there in the first place. So, so yeah, so just really focused on my team this year. And that was my focus from January till now. And it will be until the end of the summer. Hey leaders. I hope you are enjoying this podcast. As we approach and surpass 300 episodes, well over 95% of the leaders that we have interviewed have been alumni of the Student Works Management Program. It has been an honor to participate in their development over the years. Starting now and only for the fall months, we will be on campus at universities and colleges in Ontario, Quebec, and the East Coast interviewing students who think they have what it takes to start their first business and get started down the path of entrepreneurship. If you are interested in being a leader in our program or know someone who does, please go to the show notes and hit student works and get sent to a landing page to apply. There is a bold student works that you can hit to go to a landing page to apply. Thanks so much. Back to the show. What about your structure? Because, you know, trying to manage, you know, between Noah and you and how, what sort of communication structures do you have so that that is effective to do the $400,000, $500,000 worth of business that we're going to do this summer? Yeah, for sure. This is really funny. We, we just had a great conversation yesterday um, because we realized that we were talking to, we were calling each other six, eight times a day each, just about, things that we probably didn't even need to update each other on just because we both wanted to let each other know what was going on and how things were going. And Hey, I, I did this great. I booked a job. We finished the job. Yeah. 
Um, so we just had this conversation yesterday that we need to have better communication in order for this to work. And we've decided that we just need to limit our conversations to one fairly lengthy conversation in the middle of each day, uh, just to kind of give each other an update. And then anything else besides that should just be a quick question or, you know, if there is an issue that comes up. So we've, we just recently made that change and I, I think it's going to work out really well. Fantastic. Fantastic. Yeah. No, I think that, I think that does make sense, right? It's like, just here, let's write all the things down that we're going to update. Let's, you know, so we can, you know, cause that it does make sense that we hear all that information. It does make sense that both of us, you know, mm-hmm. are, 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 are on top of things and, you know, that's a way to save time, you know, save, save, save distraction, et cetera, and, and drive through to, to, to get great results. So what about, you know, I know one of the things you wanted to talk about was just the power of building a great team and what, what's, what sort of shifted for you in your, your second year and making that happen. Yeah, totally. Um, so just kind of touched on that a little bit, but to just get more into it, I just really saw the impacts of under recruiting and you know, not having a great team and, and not, you know, really having people who wanted to be there and love their job. And I had Noah, who was an amazing PM, like I said, and I just, you know, really wanted to empower him and give him more responsibility and, and more roles to do what he wanted to do and what he needed to do. And I've also hired three other, uh, I guess, mini PMs who each, you know, paint and manage a couple crews as well. So the, the power of building a great team is it just allows me to continue to do sales and continue to organize the business well. Everyone produces it and I don't have to be involved. My, my goal this year is to run 550 without having to, you know, really get involved with production at all. Uh, maybe check on a job site or two, but now I shouldn't have to lift a brush, which is which is exciting, and I think I have the structure to do so. So yeah, really, just like the more you're able to empower your team and, and give them roles and responsibilities that they enjoy and they want to grow from, the whole bush is going to flourish. So yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And let, let's talk about the power of your network and how that's supporting you to achieve the things that you know you're accomplishing, and actually also you supporting others. Yeah, no, and this is this is what I think is drives me the most every single day, and just the, the community we've built here in in St. John's, just of all of us uh, operators, and then you know past operators. Um, I currently live with my PM, um, a, a former operator, and then someone else who runs a service business here, um, and then I see all the other operators, you know, on a by like every second day at least. Um, past operators, Ken Thornhill, Jackson Butler, like. They're, you know, they're all some of my best friends and we hang out all the time. And I just think when we hang out, we're just always talking about business and giving each other advice, coaching and just, you know, just talking and walking each other through our businesses. And also just seeing other people's success motivates you to work harder and and continue to go. So I think that's by far the biggest factor that's infected my success and all of us here in St. John's really just seeing each other, you know, work day after day and, and just learning from each other. Yeah. You know, I remember... Uh... Uh, you know, first of all, Kent and Jackson for people there, they went and launched the Rydell, uh, Rydell business, uh, the Rydell roofing business at St. John's. And they, they were with us, uh, I think for four, four summers, uh, you know, uh, three or four summers each, one on the window cleaning side, one on the painting side. And, and I, uh, they, they, they've also had podcasts. And, and I, I remember one of the things that, that we used to do is we used to go on campus to recruit. Um, and then, then the pandemic hit, so we literally couldn't go on campus to recruit. But, but St. John's was in such a fantastic spot that we didn't need to, and we literally filled everybody up from internal recruiting. And I remember Kent, Kent or Jackson, you know, at a, at a dinner, I, I went out and hosted a dinner rather than do recruiting. I went out and hosted a dinner and and, and spent spent some time in St. John's, and he said, 
you're not going to have to recruit here in a long time. There's so many people who want these roles, you know, and, and that's, and that's certainly what it's feeling like, what it's looking like is there's just more and more people teaming up to, to have them. And I know, you know, St. John's is a fantastic example and maybe the best example of a, our territories. However, we have a whole other group of territories like that. There's just so many amazing people. They know about the opportunities. They're filling them, you know, and it's it's really, really difficult to get these spots. And it should be because they just are so, so incredible. And, and as I mentioned before, you know, there's just this level of integrity that wasn't there before. And so everyone knows what I mean by integrity. It means is when I say I'm going to do something, I'm going to do something. It's not morality. It's integrity. It's like, I am my word. And if I look at, again, people like Matt and Kent and Jackson, who were, you know, really early on the change makers of, of, uh, of St. John's, just, just getting better and better themselves and shout out Conrad Smith, of course, uh, our, our, our coach out there for many, many years. And again, our first coach, uh, Andrew Solomon. So just, just again, making those shifts and getting people to buy in and seeing seeing the opportunity and what what that would mean you know to buy in right and i'm sure that's a big part of it right everyone performing at a real high level yeah no exactly and just seeing that on a daily basis like surrounding yourself with people who are performing highly on a daily basis just makes you have to get there like you just there's no room to not do the same things they're doing because they're in the same position the same place the same environment as you are so where's your excuse yeah, no, for sure. For sure. And then it's also, hey, I want to be in this group. I want to be, you know, performing at this level, et cetera. And everyone's looking out for each other in a, in a, and I'm sure a, a positive and, 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 and powerful way. So just just really, really exciting what, what, what everyone's doing out there. So so just fantastic. So, you know, just how do you think these skills and mindsets are going to help help with your career, Michael? Yeah, so. I really do plan on staying uh, in the contracting industry, at least for the for my first couple of years after I you know, graduate and, and move on from the program. Um, I just I see a ton of opportunity here in our city for uh, contracting to get a bit of a lift and just add a bit more professionalism to the industry. I think it's time for you know young people to kind of take over that industry here. So the skills I've learned just from you know professionalism and systems and organization within you know my current business. Things we've learned, like do what you say, show up on time, say please and thank you, are a lot of things that most contractors don't do, and a lot of people, a lot of things that you know clients appreciate. So yeah, and you know I'm really just passionate about service business. I love running a business, and I love building a team and and giving you know providing people the opportunity to make money and and grow as well. So all those things that I've learned from this, I, I really think I would take into another contracting career to, to start. Anyways, yeah. Yeah. No, I think I, I, you know, again, I'm, as, as you know, I'm a huge believer in the trades and, and uh, ultimately it's interesting. We get taken like our Mexico trip where we take our top performers. Well, Dulux, the biggest painting company in Canada takes their top performing or top purchasing customers and, and their top performing customers. So we're amongst those people uh, clearly um, every year. And, and uh, the one thing is, is there are no residential maintenance painters who go, all the painters are commercial, are, you know, big time. 
uh, commercial or, or, you know, industrial or big painting, big towers or, you know, new, new, new construction. And, you know, so this is kind of a, a feeding ground to what's next, you know, and, and what, what type of contracting is next. And, and again, learning the systems and structures that again, allow, you know, the biggest problem with the construction industry or the, in the home services industry, or however you want to define it is contractors don't know how to run businesses. Contractors think it's about getting the business done. You know, no, it's about structures and systems and sales processes and 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 again, doing what you say, et cetera. And uh, and again, obviously, this is such a great proving ground for that. And to, and then to go and sort of say, hey, what's next? How do we do this, et cetera? So, so what key habits, Michael, would someone want to steal from you? Um, I I struggled with this one because. I, you know, I, I think my habits are something that I look to improve all the time. And I would, I would say my habits aren't great overall, but I would just say that I'm, I'm very determined and consistent. Like I, I don't rest until I get the job done. And I, I don't plan on put, taking my foot off the gas until I hit 550. And, you know, if that has to go into early October, I, I will, because I, you know, I don't plan on that, but I will not stop until I hit my goal. And I think that's, Less of a habit, more of a character trait, but I'm just extremely determined and just consistent. Awesome. Awesome. And, you know, one one big focus that we have in our our business, obviously, it's becoming more and more aware is this con- this this real focus on habits. Uh, you know, Atomic Habits, a great book that I recommend for 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 people to read. And I know for me, I I did a course with the strategic co- uh, coach in my I think it was in my 30s, and uh, th- they have a concept where every 90 days take on another habit, and then again, really, really build that habit and make it yours. You know, or and and then okay, another ninety days do that, and if we start doing that at a really young age, it's like we're literally being propelled into the future with our powerful habits. Because it's like I, I, you know, I, I again, I'm this is my habit. It's it's hard not to do it. And 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 like you said, that you know, you know, again, I think there is a habit of discipline. There is a habit of of you know, stick to itiveness, right? That you're showing, okay, clearly. And and then it's like, what other habits can I do? And one of the challenges that we have as as of course any time, but especially I think sometimes as 20-year-olds, is we we want to accomplish more faster <laughs> and sometimes life it just takes time you know and it's like and there is something to that methodical commitment of of just um you know getting better every 90 days getting better every 90 days and uh and you know whether it's a, a workout commitment a sleep habit uh you know uh, and and remember things that we don't do eliminating habits you know typically uh, th- th- that can be powerful but mostly we need to replace a habit Right, because if we eliminate something, well, what's going in that spot? You know, so 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 that's something as well. But uh, but that's awesome, Michael. And so, anything uh, that that you'd like to share that we haven't hit upon yet? Um, yeah, yeah. One thing, just for like you know, a, a lot of new operators, uh, the three biggest words that that I hear myself say and just I think are important are consistency, input, and integrity. Um, I think if you think about those three words enough, you will hit your goal. Just being consistent week after week after week in order to get where you need to go. Putting in the input is just, you know, this business is just pure input. If you do it, if you knock on enough doors, you do enough quotes, you know, you hire enough people and, you know, you'll get there. So, <laughs> um, and then just integrity as, you know, as you guys coach all the time and, you know, it's super important. Just 
being integrous to yourself and, you know, obviously knowing that you can't be integrous 100% of the time, but the more you can be, uh, the better and the farther you'll get. So those three words are just, are what drive me. So, yeah. I love it. I love it. So consistency, input, integrity, you know, and, and I'm, I, one of the things that we have on Simon, our, our CRM is, is it tracks people's results. So I look, I'm looking right now at Michael's results this year versus last year. And last year it was kind of a little bit wavy at times. The result on the on the sales popped up and down a little bit. This year it's like a ladder just going straight up every week. Big improvement, big improvement, big improvement. Some some weeks, of course, bigger improvements than others, but really, really consistent. And that's what it speaks to, right? Just going in, putting the input in, you know, taking the story, the excuses, the, you know, out of it and just like, okay, I'm just going to go do this. And that's what the world's top performers do. And, and frankly, you know, Michael, you know, when you accomplish $550,000, there are, you know, few Canadians at your age who will be able to you know, recognize and make that happen while in full-time school, et cetera, you know, period, you know, really this year, but, but, but again, likely ever, <laughs> there's not that many. It's a very small group of people who are accomplishing at the level that you and your team are. So, so super, super excited about that. And, uh, and really, really excited to see just, just us climb to that level. So final question, when you think of a leader of tomorrow, what do you think of? I think of someone who is just wants to work and wants to lead and wants to grow. I think, you know, people at our age who, you know, want bigger things for themselves are ready to work and ready to put in those hours. And they're just always learning. They're looking for ways to learn. They're looking for ways to grow. And they're just poking their nose in anywhere, trying to trying to figure it out. And they're always open to uh, new suggestions or, or new ideas or they just listen. They listen and learn. And that's what I see as a leader of tomorrow and, and someone who also has the skills to to go ahead and implement the things they they learn. So, yeah, I, I love that. I love that. Just listening and learning, being aware. I think there's, you know, I, I think there's never been a better time to be alive right now. I know there's lots of, you know, threats and changes. The world's never been changing as fast as it's as it's changing and it's going to change more. And uh, those people who are, again, like you said, listening and learning, you know, what's happening in the marketplace, what new changes are happening, how's AI impacting us, how's, how's, you know, how's the marketplace impacting us. And those people who are able to, again, listen and learn and then take those skill sets and drive forward are going to make a difference in the world. Uh, we've got so much to, uh, we need to accomplish. So, Michael, uh, thanks so much. I know we'll be having you back on the Presence Club Mastermind call at three o'clock today. So, uh, so, so, thanks for your contributions to our team, and uh, just an awesome podcast. Of course, thanks for having me, Chris. Cheers. Hey, leaders! I hope you enjoyed this episode. By now, you are aware that we work with ambitious students every single year to not only help them run their first successful business but to further their development as a leader and give them an unfair advantage in the future over their counterparts. It's why starting now and only for the next few weeks, we'll be on campuses across Ontario, Quebec, and the East Coast interviewing students who think they have what it takes to start their first business and get started down their path of entrepreneurship. If you think you have what it takes or know someone who might be interested visit leaderspodcast.ca slash apply and start your application process today. Once again, it's leaderspodcast.ca 
www.ca.ca/apply, and I can't wait to see you on the other side.